Of the 18 players that have left Arizona State Sun Devils football program so far via the transfer portal, nine of them have found new homes. And I want to talk about their immediate impact with those new schools on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, everybody. What's going on? Welcome back to the Locked On Sunvils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I am your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, you can check out this podcast free and available wherever you're getting your podcast, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Of course, wherever you're getting those podcasts, though, make sure you hit like and subscribe. And turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Guys, real quick, we are five followers away from 300 on YouTube. I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. That is the coolest thing to me. I can't believe how quickly the podcast has grown in just over a year. We're not even at a year and a half yet. We're over 100 followers on on uh, Twitter, and we're almost at 300 subscribers on YouTube. So big shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. And please don't transfer to another podcast, unless, of course, it's Locked On Sports Today as your second lesson. But let's go ahead and talk about the transfer portal for a second. We have 18 players from Arizona State that have effectively left the program and are either on to new teams or are currently looking for new places to call home. There was 20. However, Anthony Cooper and BJ Green removed their names. 18 players, though, have entered the portal. Nine have found new homes. I want to talk about those guys very, very briefly and just kind of overall assumptions on what we can kind of expect for them because, like, I, I'm sure a, there's a good amount of you that probably don't care, like, oh, well, you know, these uh, these guys left the program. We don't need to root for them anymore. That's not necessarily true. These are still some good kids and they're, and they're some guys that deserve opportunities to compete. And for the vast majority of them, that's exactly the situations that they wound up going to is these are situations where they can compete immediately for starting roles and opportunities. And I'm really, really excited for them. So that's what I want to hop into the conversation with. So we can go ahead and break it up three by three by three. Uh, honestly, the, the first guys are the special teamers and there's not really too much to say with them. Long snappers, John Furlman and Gage King have ended up respectively at Ohio state and gate or not Gage King. Gage King didn't end up at Gage King. Gage King ended up at UCF central Florida. I can't say too much about those situations because I don't know the long snapper situations from around the country. But I can safely assume that if they ended up going there, that they likely are going into situations where they can be starters full time. That's the assumption that I'm going to be under there. Uh, the biggest, well, not well, not biggest, I suppose, but one of the bigger losses that the team had to endure this year via the transfer portal was Eddie Jablitsky, who was the uh, first team all Pac-12 punter for the conference. He was very, very good this year. 
and he is now gone. Unfortunately, he ended up at USC. And while I am trying to pull up their stats, I can't tell you much about what I know about their current punting situation. But what I can tell you is that he is a upgrade over whoever it is. It doesn't matter. You're taking the first team Pac-12 conference punter. He's staying in the Pac-12. So literally, he can go to any of those 12 schools and he is the best punter is what I am being told. And I thoroughly believe it too. I think that he's an absolute stud. Yeah, they have uh, at Adane, Adine Sleep Dalton, who I feel like, I can't remember. There there was a uh, Sun Devils punter a few years ago who had, who had two last names in Sleep or Sleepy was one of them, I want to say, but neither here nor there. But he was averaging 40.3 yards per punt a year ago. Eddie Jablitsky was averaging, I want to say he was closer to 50. I'm pulling that up right now. Yeah, he was 46.1. So definitely better punter. Uh, He also is like the Kickstarter for the team. Not Kickstarter, the kickoff player for the team. He's the one who who kicks the ball way, 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 way back and gets all the touchbacks all the time. He's very, very good. For a team that has an offensive structure of we're basically going to always be scoring points, sure, it's not maybe the best situation in the world for Jablitsky. I don't know how much he's going to be punting, but he is going to be setting up the USC defense to move forward exceptionally well. They weren't the best unit last year. They did have some production from uh, some of their defensive linemen who were able to get sacks and generate pressures and everything like that. And they got plenty of turnovers, but they could be a better unit. I mean, look at what Utah did to them in both of USC's losses this year. They they need to upgrade the defensive side of the ball. One of the best things that you can do for your defense is to have a punter who can flip field position and pin offenses back deep and allow a pass rush to get home, generate pressures, get safeties, turnovers, stuff like that. Eddie Jablitsky does exactly that for you. And then he's also an upgrade for the kickoff option as well, whatever they've got going on there. So Jablitsky, sure, maybe he's not going to punt it 50 times next year, but he is going to get several opportunities to allow USC's defense to be in better position to reap the benefits of having good field position at their disposal. It's a it's a win-win for both sides. Again, like really hammering home. No, he's probably not going to punt it 50, 60 times, but he is going to be in much better situations where his punts maybe mean a little bit more than what they would have previously. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to do. You can do it in minutes. And once you finally post your job for free, Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And there's never been a more important time to have the right team in place than the end of the year. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions will apply for those of you living in arizona you have probably at one point in time been approached about free solar 
the truth is these companies that are offering that aren't local. And because they're not local, they're using misleading tactics that end up overcharging homeowners. If you've considered solar, but something fell off, you're going to love my solar nerd. My solar nerds mission is simple. Help you get the best solar system to fit your needs. The guys at mysolarnerd.com are local and understand the nuances of going solar in Arizona. They've been doing it for a while and understand that an educated customer is a happy customer. Their no pressure approach will make it, will make sure all your questions get answered. They firmly believe if you live in AZ, switching to solar should mean saving money. Once you're ready, they'll put their industry knowledge to work for you by choosing the best equipment, warranties, and BBB accredited installer. They'll also help you figure out all the credits and incentives you may qualify for, and they'll make sure your transition to solar is as smooth as possible by managing the entire project for you and keeping you updated along the way. Right now, our listeners are getting a $50 Amazon gift card when they book a no-commitment evaluation. This promotion is only for listeners that are homeowners. Visit mysolarnerd.com and select Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section. Make the switch to solar on your terms. Start your research process by visiting mysolarnerd.com today and show Locked On some love by letting them know that we sent you. Folks, solar doesn't need to be complicated. mysolarnerd.com makes it easy. Make sure that you are tuning in to the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Get the instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Back into our conversation about these transfers. Let's look at the one defensive player who has officially landed somewhere and our two-star offensive linemen who are gone. First, Joe Moore ends up at Washington. This is a really, really good opportunity for him. I was taking a look beforehand, and Washington has some really wide-open opportunities for some of their some of their transfers that are coming in. One of the other guys that we'll talk about in the last uh, segment of the podcast. But Joe Moore, defensive lineman for Arizona State, is going to have himself an opportunity for some major playing time in, in, uh, in 2023. Joe Moore last year had two sacks for the team and 24 total tackles. Uh, he was one of the more consistent pass rushers for the team. It was a bummer to see him go, and he'll be going into his junior year. So he still has plenty of time and eligibility remaining. Meanwhile, for Washington, they are potentially losing their top two sack producers. Jeremiah Martin is a senior. He's gone. That's eight and a half sacks out the window. Braylon Trice, who is a redshirt sophomore, is draft eligible. And he could very well decide to declare after an eight-sack season, but he could also definitely benefit from returning the school. Regardless of what he does with Martin leaving, eight and a half sacks gone out of the team's 35 sacks. So, you know, a little less than a quarter of the team's sacks are gone. That's an opportunity for Joe Moore to slide in and be a starter for the team. And they definitely have a lot of great rotational pieces on the defensive line. Joe Moore is used to being a rotational piece on the defensive line. This is a really good fit for him. This is a really good fit for Washington. I have to imagine that he could definitely come in and contribute basically in the same role that he has been contributing for ASU in a worst-case scenario. I could also see an instance where he's even more productive and is able to contribute higher sack totals. I think he's a capable pass rusher. I, I am upset that he's gone because I thought that the best days were ahead of him. But, you know, these things happen. And Washington 
has had some good luck developing their defensive players over the last several years, particularly in the secondary, but they've had some defensive linemen as well. And Joe Moore is going to a situation where he'll be able to be groomed and turned into a stud pass rusher. So great fit there for him. The two offensive linemen that are gone, starting with Ben Scott going to Nebraska, that's an easy plug and play. Ben Scott's a very, very talented offensive lineman for the team who I believe has two more years of eligibility. But regardless, Nebraska is going to be a team that everyone is going to be pinning as quote-unquote on the rise. We've been saying that for a while, which is why I put it in quotes. But he's still somebody who is capable of being a full-time starter at just about every place on the offensive line for a college that's going through a transitional phase with new head coach Matt Rule. He's going to be someone that they just plug and play even if they roll with their start starting the best five offensive linemen, he's one of those five instantly from day one. So terrific ad for Nebraska. I love this for Ben Scott because they're just going to be able to find a place for him. It doesn't really matter where it is. If, if it's at center where he played last year, plus some guard uh, tackle, wh- wherever he's got experience at all five spots on the offensive line. They're just going to want to throw him down there. Probably my favorite fit of all the transfers so far is Ladarius Henderson to Michigan. Michigan, if you guys didn't know, is coming off of back-to-back seasons of having the number one offensive line in the nation with several guys going to the pros. And they, it's like an actual award. I want to say it's the Joe Moore award, but don't quote me on that. Regardless, Michigan knows offensive line. Ladarius Henderson has been Arizona State's best offensive lineman for the last two, maybe even three seasons. Unfortunately, this past year, he just missed time with injury. But if he's back to 100%, Michigan's going to plug him in. He's going to be an instant starter. They're going to reap the benefits of this guy and his high-level play. And he's going to get himself some legitimate NFL draft stock. I am to the moon excited for Ladarius Henderson and the potential that Michigan has to take his career to the next level. Really, really excited for him. I am upset that he's leaving, obviously, but this is definitely a guy who's going to see some major benefit from being able to play for an NFL caliber team. This is Michigan is back-to-back in the playoffs now with a real shot at a national championship this year. Jim Harbaugh is one of the top coaches in college football, whether you love him or hate him. And that offensive line has put in several guys to the draft recently. The most notable off the top of my head is another interior lineman, Cesar Ruiz, who is starting for the Saints. There's an opportunity for Ladarius Henderson to continue developing himself and get him into the pros. That's huge. So really, really happy for him. This is a terrific opportunity for him to continue growing and becoming potentially a rock-solid offensive lineman, like full-time starter and getting to the pros. This is an awesome, awesome opportunity for him. I am beyond excited for this fit. All right. So imagine this, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby and you can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, 
you lose your license, you lose your car, your job, you kill someone. Everybody knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. One more time, make sure for your second listen of the day that you're checking out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski, bringing you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Three more guys have officially found new homes for their college careers. Let's start with Daniel Nagata, the running back for Arizona State, who I was notoriously very, very high on, whether it was justified or not. But he is now at Washington. He was that other player I was hinting at, and he will have an opportunity to start immediately for the team. Uh, The Huskies leading rusher, Wayne Talapapa, Talapapa, I believe is how you say that, is a senior for the team and will not be there next year. Cameron Davis, who was the team's second leading rusher a year ago, is a sophomore. He will have an inside track to start, but he's got just about the same resume that Daniel Legata has right now. Uh, Cameron Davis has just 209 carries in his career three years so far compared to Daniel Nagata's 136. So Nagata's even got a little less mileage on him than Davis does. And I've been incredibly high on Davis or not Davis, uh, Nagata. I think that he could potentially find himself a really awesome opportunity here. And I am hoping for the best for him. I am upset that he's leaving because I think there's just a lot of talent there for him to be a full-time starter. It's just, unfortunately, while he was here, he had to be behind Rashad White and Chip Traynum and Xavier Valade, two of those guys who are going to be in the NFL at the running back position, and Chip Traynum, who's just a stud athlete, period. It's it's a pretty big opportunity for Dana Nagata going to Washington, playing with Michael Panix Jr. and the rest of this high-fire offense under Kalen DeBoer, the head coach. Huge opportunity for Dana Nagata to finally earn himself a huge role in the team and put up some major numbers. Great opportunity. Great, 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 great opportunity. It's one of the best spots. Two quarterbacks, Paul Tyson and Emory Jones. Paul Tyson came to the program last year, transferred from Alabama with the hope that he could be the full-time starter before Emory Jones also transferred from Florida and ended up being the starting quarterback. Tyson ended up only having like a really small handful of snaps for the team, which was between the NAU game and one other game. I think he might've popped up during the U of a game, but Paul Tyson didn't get on the field much. So he naturally decides to transfer and put himself in a situation where he'll be able to compete. He goes to Clemson. So staying with very high profile, starting his career at Alabama and now potentially ending it at Clemson, 
there is an opportunity to start once again. However, he's going to be going up against five-star, uh, former five-star recruit, and what will be a, I think he's going to be a redshirt freshman. If not, he will be a true sophomore for the team in Cade Klubnik. Klubnik actually took over this season for DJ Uyunglele, who transferred to Oregon State very recently, if you missed that, and looked pretty darn good. So it's not going to be easy, but Klubnik doesn't have the spot locked away short of him absolutely dominating in Clemson's upcoming bowl game, which I can't remember what they're in. I want to say it's the Orange Bowl, but don't quote me on that. There's an opportunity for Paul Tyson to once again come in and compete and potentially usurp Klubnik as the starting quarterback. But if there's one place that I believe could get the most out of Paul Tyson, it's probably Clemson. Uyunglele was never a great guy or not great guy, like a great player, but they were still able to get the most out of him. And he scored 29 touchdowns a year ago. If Paul Tyson has anything worthy of being a professional college quarterback, call that what it is, I guess it would be, it would be a great opportunity for Clemson to be able to get that out of him. So I like the fit in terms of being able to see what's left there, but this might be his last chance at a power five school to be a starter. And then finally, Emery Jones, Emery Jones is just very intriguing. He's not this incredible football player, but he's a lot better than the way he played a season ago for the Sun Devils. I believe, I don't think that he was ever in a position where he was going to be wildly successful, right? It was a, a team that fired a head coach three games into the year and had a like like a stopgap solution at offensive coordinator with Glenn Thomas. He was never going to be with the team beyond this year. And just fallacies all across the offense, a banged up offensive line, and a, a lack of ability to get the team's playmakers going. I don't think Emory Jones was ever placed in a situation to succeed. And I think that he, that he showed, he showed some really good stuff at Florida. And I think that there's still some potential there for him to be a good quarterback. Cincinnati is a perfect opportunity for him to do that. I love the fits of all of our guys. If you didn't notice, this is a really, really fun one. If Emory Jones can find a way to start for this team, Cincinnati might have its next Desmond Ritter. Now, he's not this great quarterback who's going to win you a national championship, but Cincinnati did just win nine games this year with decent play from Ben Bryant. And if Ben Bryant can throw 2,700 yards, 21 touchdowns, and seven picks, I feel like Emory Jones can do something a little bit similar and he'll definitely be an upgrade as a runner where Ben Bryant had negative 118 rushing yards. I know that Jones really had almost no rushing yards this year because of the sacks that he was taking and the fact that the Sun Devils just could not get him any opportunity to be dynamic as a runner. He had 31 rushing yards on 59 carries. I still think that there's an opportunity for him to be a dynamic runner. Cincinnati could be the team to finally 
capture that potential that Florida had seen previously, but not consistently. And that Arizona state never had a chance to completely encapsulate and understand. So here's hoping that this is a really good situation for Emory Jones. Here's hoping it's a great situation for the other eight guys we talked about, but that is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the podcast. So thank you guys as always for tuning in. Remember we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out in a visual platform, we're five followers away from 300 on YouTube. Please subscribe. It would just make my day be the coolest thing ever, but wherever you're in your podcast, subscribe, like, follow all that good stuff and turn on notifications. So you get an update when we post new content, stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at Richie Brad 36 and you can find the podcast as well at L O underscore sun Devils. until next time though, you keep it locked right here on locked on sun